0: We're tabling the 2023 budget in a difficult domestic and global economic environment. The global recovery is slowing. Domestical load shedding has become more persistent and prolonged, impacting on service delivery and threatening the survival of many businesses. This is compounded by the disruption to freight and logistic networks. Households are under pressure from rising cost of living, and unemployment remains stubbornly high. We are navigating this difficult environment with policies that support faster growth and address fiscal risks. Our pursuit of higher growth remains anchored on three pillars. Firstly, we are ensuring a stable macroeconomic environment to create conducive environment for savings investment and growth. Secondly, we are implementing growth-enhancing reforms in key sectors, particularly in energy and transport. And thirdly, we are strengthening the capacity of the state to deliver quality public services, invest in infrastructure, and fight crime and corruption. In this budget, we are allocating additional resources towards these endeavours without compromising the sustainability of public finances.
1: Welcome to another edition of Eusebius on Times Live. It is the morning after the budget speech had been tabled by the Minister of Finance, Inokorangwana. And of course, the question is, what does it all mean? How do you make sense of the numbers? Numbers can terrify those of us who do not like numbers. And the question is, What material difference will it make to your life, what was said yesterday by the Minister of Finance? And I've invited three excellent South Africans to help me puzzle through these questions. You're listening to Eusebius on Times Live. That's this latest podcast on Times Live, and it's me, Eusebius McKeizer, exploring the major issues of the week. That means you're going to hear a lot of law, politics, and ethics, how they intersect, and how important these stories are in the life of all South Africans.
2: When people saw
0: their children, must know these are sellouts,
2: they put
3: saliva on the paper,
0: Mr. Julius Malema. Whispered and said sing it, sing it. And then they shared that Zone. No, I'm not gonna apologize. Apologize. Can I have my iPad please? (laughs) (laughs) So they stole it.
1: First I wanna welcome I think the first time on the podcast, noabisa. Kunga, who is the editor of Excellent Sowetan under her leadership? Nobisa, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Eusebius, and hi. Then, someone who's no stranger to the platform is Sam Mkokeli, who wears many different hats. I was thinking about it earlier, Sam. You know, you've made it in life, and there are many ways of knowing. When someone has made it in life, like if they have a foundation in their name, you know, like the Siakolisi Foundation. The other is if you have advisory services in your surname, like Sam actually has. And um, that's one hat that he wears, but he's also our colleague in the arena holding stable, where he writes for us on the political economy in particular, um, And also is a regular in terms of our audio journalism offering. We're going to have Sam joining us in a second. I think it's just dropped off. And then Oxfam South Africa is being led by someone who's an ex- excellent social justice activist and um, who has got lots of experience thinking through questions of governance through the prism of social justice, and that Lebohang Lebo-Khang Ramafoko. Lebo, thank you so much for being part of this conversation. I appreciate it.
4: Thank you so much for having me,
1: No, Bisa, I'm going to start with you, firstly, um, while we wait for Sam to come on, but we can get the conversation cracking anyway. You know, I was trying to think for myself, both as a journalist and as a South African, What would be the top-line narrative around the budget yesterday? There are so many competing obvious interests that the minister has to try and juggle or square the circle, as the case might be, from making sure the debt doesn't balloon even further, the public debt. At the same time, conditions are unable for economic growth, so we can get out of this rut of growing at less than 3% per annum. And yet, at the same time, we also have massive levels of poverty and unemployment, which means that you can't not spend on Social Security. And it just seems like none of that add up quite neatly to cake that you can have and eat. And I wonder how you read what he was able to achieve yesterday. We'll get into the minutiae, but just in terms of a top line messaging, stepping back from the detail.
3: I actually, I, I mean, I must say there's a part of me that actually felt sorry for him, uh, you know, after, I, I, you know, as he finished delivering the budget, because I thought, I mean, how do you, what do you do? So on the one hand, uh, I think you're absolutely right. So he he had to... Um, really balance, you know, an immediate relief, the need for an immediate relief. I mean, all South Africans are really pressed from all sides at this stage. And and I think, you know, there was an attempt, uh, you know, on on the minister's side to say, OK, let's try and kind of give you um, some rents and cents back into your pocket.
4: Mm. But at the
3: same time, you know, it was quite clear that, you know, this was not a budget about getting South Africa structurally out of trouble. It was it was really saying, OK, let's just kind of, you know, put the bandage, I suppose, uh, you know, on, on your wound at this point, and then we'll pretty much figure out, you know, what to do about, you know, the big picture stuff. So how do we structurally change things? How do we get mm. out of the dead? And all of that. And, I, and you know, it was it was really that balance. And I think you're absolutely right when you say it doesn't really neatly come together. Um, but it was, mm.
1: you know, it, it is what we've got, I suppose. Lebo, you've got a far more muscular take, I mean, Norbisa and I, I think, judging from our opening remarks, we're not letting the minister off the hook, but we're both articulating the difficult mathematical equation that he had to solve for. I woke up to your timeline and you basically said that this was a what pro-middle class and a pro-rich budget? Why do you say that?
4: Yes, you see, yes. That's that's my feeling. And in my entire career, and maybe I have been in denial, I've never become as jaded as a social justice activist Mm. um, as I am right now. Now, this budget is not not presented in a vacuum. It's presented post-COVID. It's presented where people really are going to bed hungry. It's presented where for an informal trader, for an, in, for an unemployed young person, for a single mother trying to put food on the table. The energy crisis has crippled them. Whatever glimmer of hope that they have had is not there. We've said nothing about it in the speech. Uh, social spending is going to rise by inflation. And I'm saying already when you have so much inequality and poverty, what are you saying? The telltale say, sign that it is pro-rich and it is pro-middle class. And I'm sure the the rich and the middle class will applaud him. Is around the incentives um, around SOLAR. Now, who are those going to benefit at this point in time? And I think this is where you kill activism. And it has happened in other African countries where we are not talking about load shedding in those countries because the rich will buy a generator, the rich will put on solar, and it is actually the poor that basically bear the brunt of mismanagement. And to be giving more money to Eskom. When on the same day, yesterday was almost, as I said on my post, like an orgy that we were invited as citizens to watch that the ruling party was heavy. At the same time, when allegations, true or not, are made by the CEO around the problems at ESCOM, even if they are not entirely true, anybody with sense will tell you, that we are where we are, where a state and a ruling party that came into power and said we are a developmental state have taken whatever little money there is and squandered it. And all they have is billions to go to ESCOM and then rebates for the rich and middle class for the YASOLA. Come on. What does it say to me when I'm in deep deep slewet? What does it say to me? Where must I go? Perhaps the poor must eat the rich.
1: Wow, those are some very strong words. I want to come back to what I think is really excellent and useful interpretation from Lebohang through the prism of social justice, right? I mean, I think that's, that's really interesting. But I want to come back firstly to some of the numbers in terms of line items quite literally on the budget. And then I'm going to... I'm going to then circle back to some of what Lebo has just said so we can debate a little bit of that. I mean, if I look at, for example, the details of ESCOM, um, you know, the government's proposing a total debt relief arrangement for ESCOM of some 254 billion runs. Now, that's a lot of money. And, of course, it in part speaks to what Lebo was talking about. That's a huge, huge bailout. And that's, you know, um, an incredible amount. Some of it will be just taking on, some of the debt um directly um and some of it will be um a portion of that is going to be 184 billion rands, which is a full debt settlement um, that will come in various tranches, and of course the day takeover of around 70 billion rand, if I remember correctly, of the loan portfolio for 25 and 26, and then there are other allocations similar to that in structure that has to do with state-owned entities. You know, also the SAA debacle that is an ongoing one is a fledgling airline. Uh, where they will get a billion rand that they're unhappy with and uh, the consortium thinking that's not enough when you look at those kinds of expenses and and what it is government is taking on board in terms of where it's allocating money what do you make of that do you think those are necessary, necessary expenditure items in the budgets and that what Lebohang is saying, although you don't have to critique it directly for the moment, is a little bit of a case of the government is caught between a rock and a hard place. If it doesn't take on board some of their debt when it comes to state-owned entities, it's going to be accused of allowing key state-owned entities to simply continue to, to rot and fester. On the other hand, you spend that money and you're also accused of simply bailing out a failing entity.
3: No, absolutely. So, I mean, for me, a couple of things. Um, the the SAA. I, I mean, I'll be quite frank. I, I don't understand uh, why uh, that uh, amount was was essentially given. It 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 just from a, a priority, you know, point of view. It just does not make sense. Particularly if you look at really the kind of competing priorities that we have at the country, with which uh, Lebu has alluded to. So that's the one thing. Um, ESCOM, It it is patently clear that um you know as i was indicating e- earlier that the government is really looking at how do we put some sort of kind of intervention short-term intervention now um, mm-hmm. I mean the narrative is really that well we're giving this money to you know to, uh, for for you know to, uh, for ESCOM debt in order to help its balance sheet and to hopefully assist it you know to do kind of its everyday uh, day-to-day uh, stuff and I think um, you know it's it's not as I was indicating it's not a, a necessarily a structural intervention yeah. um, I think that is really kind of like dead in the water is, you know but it's giving money to a problem to say try and see what you can kind of do and take us from one moment to the next. We'll figure out essentially what's to happen, you know, going forward. And of course there are certain, you know, they, the minister says, well, there are conditions. So for example, if you talk about municipal debt um, and, and, they, and and, and, treasury is saying, well, people need to actually move in, you know, to, to prepaid in order for ESCOM not to incur so much debt and all of that. And, um, and, and I mean, that's a whole debate on it, you know, on, on its own. However, um, there are competing interests, um and and there is mm. not we don't have uh you know this massive pot of gold, and I think perhaps you know i I do agree uh with labor as far as in those competing interests, I think government then looks and sees well, you know um who do we think we need to be able to benefit and you know and, and kind of as a as a priority uh populace if you want mm. um and I think those are the choices that they've made what will happen thereafter um you know is well I suppose we'll have to
1: see. Sam, let's see whether we've got you on the line. So I want you to react to what Lebo has said, right? Let's put the detail aside and drop it in as you need it in order to construct your argument. Fundamentally, Lebo says she listens to the budget yesterday, and it's a pro-middle-class, pro-rich budget, including the tax incentives, and very little is added by way of relief for those on the margins of the economy, people who are unemployed or the working poor, and that the nominal increases even in certain categories of various grants do not amount to much in terms of really shifting the needle when it comes to uplifting folks out of conditions on the extremes, when it comes to the structural inequity in society. Would you characterize the budget that you heard yesterday as fundamentally anti-poor and pro-middle-class and pro-rich?
2: No, not in, in in context, I wouldn't uh, categorize it in, in, in such a, a way at all. I mean, there isn't much that has been given uh, to the middle class. The middle class has been uh, struggling uh, with everything uh, going up and uh, state failure. The middle class pays for policing pays for uh, private health, uh, private school, uh, very soon for fixing of, of roads. So the middle class uh, doesn't get a thing there. Uh, the same way as uh, the, 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 the poorer classes uh, there isn't much it's a difficult situation i agree with the the concept of a rock and a hard place uh, mm-hmm. it's a very difficult one it's a tough uh, balancing act to use the very tired uh, cliche that comes around every budget uh, at time we have a growth problem and uh, therefore we're not getting enough revenue to do amazing things at the same time uh, we have a massive hole uh, with the SOEs, you see ESCOM getting some money and not Transnet. So the failure to support Transnet is a failure to support uh, the economy. You see mining companies, your Exaros and your Chinchos, uh, they are literally printing money uh, because things are good with the mining boom, but they are not moving enough of their uh, produce uh, to the harbor, uh, uh, the uh, the logistics uh, rail and freight. There's a massive problem there that are actually frustrating uh, our potential growth. Mm. So there's a failure to uh, give uh, to support Transnet is a big uh, omission. It's going to be a problem. Also, uh, Transnet is a, I mean, the finance minister himself recognized uh, last year that Transnet is the new ESCOM. So we have massive problems there, debt redemptions that are coming up. And so uh, uh, the treasury will probably have to uh, be called a pawn to finance uh, Transnet uh, in the midterm or to give uh, guarantees and uh, make a, could be in open mouth operations and uh, yeah. saying we have, we're supporting uh, a, a transit. So mm-hmm. that's a big one. It also, I mean, that affects everyone in, in in the economy, whether you're rich or you're poor. So it's it's a difficult uh, state uh, we are in. We're not able to create a, a new, uh, come up with new plans for economic growth and just to stimulate uh, the economy. What we're doing is to pay for the neglect uh, of ESCOM over the years, So called estate capture, but broadly, just the aims is poor management uh, of the economy. That's the debt uh, that we're paying for. There's nothing new
1: under the sun. Can I stay with you for a second, Sam? The one thing that's obvious is economic growth is a precondition for being able to deal with poverty, inequality, and unemployment. It's not sufficient. There's a debate amongst economic historians about the Thabo Mbeki years, whether growth inherently leads to greater employment is a separate question. But what we can say cautiously is that growth is necessary, even if it's not sufficient, to deal with all of the social and economic ills, Noabisa, Lebo, you and I agree, are threats to our democracy. When you assess this bill or the budget against the KPI of increasing the chances of economic growth beyond 3%. How does it fare? Look, we're not going to have it. I mean, by the predictions
2: of the uh, Treasury uh, alone, and they're very optimistic generally. And also the Reserve Bank, we're not going to get much growth this year, next year, and the year after. So South Africa is not going to get 2% growth uh, almost forever. We're not seeing it in the horizon uh, at all, and that's uh, very low. If you look at your countries like uh, China's and the so-called Asian tigers, they've had to have numbers very high, close to the tens, yeah. uh, to be able uh, to make a dent uh, to their poverty. So South Africa doesn't have uh, that at all. And they, there isn't anything structural that has been done and also possibly not doable uh, because we don't have uh, money. Uh, uh, out of the lack of growth, we don't get more tax than we already have. So you have the chicken and egg uh, situation uh, with our economy. As Noamisa says, there isn't uh, uh within the S- ESCOM the intervention, there is nothing structural about it. It's meant to yeah. uh, be, but ESCOM has got a new hole uh, with the uh, tariff, the NASA tariff, uh, and it's going to have the same problems as had in the past. Mm. Nothing has changed about ESCOM that gives you the indication that it will manage its affairs better. You have a leadership crisis there above the leadership crisis at escom you have a political crisis that's and right. inability to take tough decisions and to manage so escom gets some money this year uh, next year and the year after uh, it sort of uh, plays around it's like monopoly money you know you, you're not even using <laughs> your money you, you can mess it up and a big daddy will still support you yeah. and pay your 70 rands uh, uh, later so escom is going to be back where, where it was in a couple of years because politically Nothing uh, has changed. Mm. So we're moving around in this very difficult path. And it does look like for the next 10 years, uh, we're still going to be fiddling around with this little thing and doing this balancing act uh, to do a budget that looks credible. Yeah. But nothing massive uh, w- will change. As uh, Labour is, is, is calling out for something that helps the poor, we, the next thing with an election next year, we're going to have a very populist uh, budget. We're going to have social grants going up uh, quite a bit. Uh, We might even get uh, the 350 extended, or we get a basic income grant. And the funding of that, we're not even seeing where uh, the cuts could be made. So we don't have a leadership that is prepared to say, okay, we need to avail 100 billion rents to go towards a particular infrastructure that Mm -hmm. is going to ignite growth. Then Mm. we're going to get that 100 billion rents. We are going to cut here and there. We're not having we don't have that,
1: that ability to, to totally make agree. those tough yeah. choices. Yeah. Lebo-Hang, I think Sam's response is sober and depressing. It's not fundamentally disagreeing with you, but it's adding to the woes and saying, as I understand it, not that I need to mansplain, because I think it was crystal clear, but I want you to respond to the sentiment, and I think Noabisa props it up as well, that the folks who experience hardship the worst are those who are living under conditions of extreme poverty, relative and absolutely so. In addition to that, the so-called professional classes, the middle classes, the five of us, also have it tough. And that fundamentally, we should probably move this conversation from maths into the realm of politics and activism and cross-class solidarity. Because this government is working out for no one, whether it be the mythical Gogodlamini or whether it be Lebohang Ramafoko with an Airbnb that she is hiring out in Cape Town.
4: You are correct, Eusebius, and 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 I think for me, uh, when Sam started talking, um, I think we will be wasting the moment and the opportunity if it becomes. The middle class versus the poor yes um where i come from fundamentally where i come from fundamentally is is um, the fact that i do know that tonight even if i bought it with a credit card on my overdraft where my bread is gonna come from i know of many many families where that is not a reality And as much as I agree with Sam, that makes me sad. Now, if you look at one thing that COVID taught us, is that within a week, so many people did not know what they are going to eat. And a country and a ruling party that calls itself developmental cannot come and stand and deliver a budget speech and not say anything for me that even if it's only talk, because that's what we are used to. That speaks to that reality. And it is for that reason, it's not in disagreement to Sam at all, sober, very clear. Um, it's, it's, it's not out of that is who is getting angry. Because in fact, what, where my anger lies mm. is exactly what Sam said. That next year, you are going to see grants being given, T-shirts being given a whole lot of things being given yeah. to appease the poor when in fact you know that you've got no ideas and the lack of honesty, the lack of even understanding the context in which a budget speech happens. The crux of the matter mm. is that austerity measures uh, the corruption, the graft, affect the poor black women the most. Mm. They carry the brand when you are selling fat cook and when you are selling ice cream, like the example the president gave at sauna, but this bloody government cannot put the lights on.
1: Mm. And you
4: listen to a budget speech and it's not telling you when you are in Alex, when you are in Pizidi Sulejam, when you can't even get solar, how you are going to get electricity, which is a bloody fundamental right that this very party promised you what do you need to, to do? And, and I don't think we are angry now. I think the middle class right now, and maybe I'm using a, 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 a big brush because I do know that fundamentally the black middle class also carry the brand of looking after family members. But we are talking about energy right now, many of us, because we are affected. Um, particularly our, our, our white uh, uh, counterparts in the main. But What does it mean for somebody living in Alex, in Pizidi-Sulejang, in Manziville, where I come from, in uh, Ditsobota, in other places? That is why I said, maybe we will realize that we are in real trouble when the poor start eating the rich. Because even the monies that have been given to ESCOM. You know, they are given in the context where you know, midupi. You know, we've just uh, done a story at Oxfam South Africa on the health conditions of the people in Lipalale, Mm. the escalating costs of midupi. And we are not even seeing the results of that. Mm. I'm sorry, Eusebius, there is no way I can be angry. I think the anger is completely justified. justified,
1: Yeah, I think the anger is justified.
4: in 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 debt, yeah. As a black middle class, and I know that other people have said there's no black middle class. It's people with a lot of overdrafts. The <laughs> point I'm making is the fact that I know what am I gonna eat today, even yeah. if I bought it on account from Woolworths. Yeah. How are you answering people who tonight do not know because they are livelihoods was cut off yeah. by the electricity thingy. You know, it doesn't give, and, and I've never uh, 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 been, um, you know, it doesn't give like a measured answer of so what is the solution? All I know is uh, right now we are in the doing.
1: Well, I think that's fine. I mean, I think I, I've always as an analyst found it annoying when people think you need a back, you need an answer in your back pocket before your compelling description of the status quo should be taken seriously. Your description of the reality under which people live is true and that truth doesn't change just because you don't have a magic wand. I wanna spend the last five minutes because I I think we've made some good dialogical progress. There's more we can do, but for one bite, I think this is a good podcast discussion. But before we get to one final theme, Nwabisa, I just wanna ask you one small little technical question the minister unsurprisingly said the following in his budget speech yesterday this is not an austerity budget it is a budget that makes tough trade-offs in the interest of the country's short and long-term prosperity when i read that i immediately thought about Lebo coming onto this um, platform and this conversation with us now how long is a piece of string verbal disagreements they're less important than getting to the nub of the issue but for what it's worth as an editor of a newspaper that fundamentally looks after the very people that lebo has sent it in this conversation was yesterday austerity or is the minister accurate in saying don't accuse me of giving you an austere budget
3: I don't think it was uh, austerity. And I think of course he he's quite mindful of saying that because you know uh Kosatu and the like are very much about yeah. <laughs> you know will not give us an austerity budget. Um but I think he, of course he had a bit of room uh you know to do what he did and thanks to the tax man, you know, and, and the rest of us, I suppose, you know, in this conversation and elsewhere. Mm. So no, no, it wasn't. Um but but I mean at the risk of, of hopping on about, about this. It, yes, it wasn't, but it does not solve uh, fundamental problems, you know, which really give rise to all of the the, the descriptions that uh, you know label so excellently put. Mm-hmm. So, so it's one thing to say to take a box and say, "No, well, this is not an austerity budget, and you know, we're trying to invest here and there." Yeah. Um, but but, it, but there are no fundamental uh, you know uh, structural issues that are really being being uh, tackled here.
1: So the last question, I want to start with you and everyone else, Lebo first, and then Sam, you can have one or two minutes each to either respond to what Noabisa says or make your final comments, whichever you choose for how you want to use your last two minutes. But um, I want to start with you, Noabisa, because you have centered this question of what are structural interventions? And yesterday is about really... Locking the holes. It's not about structurally changing the economy. And it made me think of a really useful column that I read this morning on news24.com by excellent economist Miriam Altman. And she asked the question, is Horongwana's 2023 budget credible? And then she gives six ways in which to tell. But the conceptual gist, Noabisa, of what Miriam says is quite simple. That The most important determinants of whether or not we move from the status quo to an economy in which millions of people flourish has got nothing to do with treasury ultimately. It's got to do with the state broadly and the government in particular. For example, how do the public sector wage negotiations play out? What kind of accountability do you have over municipalities that overrun What do you do about corruption? What do you do about a lack of financial skill and acumen among many municipal managers, for example? And it made me realize that as important as the budget is as an event in and of itself, I suppose the fundamental point that Miriam was making is that it comes back to what you are alluding to with this notion of structural changes, that economics and state-run institutions private sector as well, and how these companies operate, the actual practical detail is in a sense, far more important than simply looking at a mathematical model or three.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. I was actually thinking, you know, before I came on here that Look, we're going to talk about the budget and it's really, uh, and yes, we should, um, and it's important It's a, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's an important kind of intervention and, in, you know, in, in, in this entire conversation, but also just as far as, you know, our, the functioning of our country, mm. but we really got to look at the whole set of, for example, the speeches that we've heard. Uh, you know the whole set of what it is on, that is on offer, starting from you know the state of the nation address. And I know you know we may have you know conversations about well you know what it, what it's meant to to do. But I think really the the where we are pitching it or where the government is pitching it is far far lower than we ought to. Yeah. You know the, the, I mean just one thing the, the big questions of accountability that are put here. Um, the lady who who does uh, my nails, uh, Eusebia, said to me the other day, and we we're talking about you know crime, and she says to me, you know, there with the amount of tax that i pay the mm. idea that i know that even if something were to happen to me the chances of somebody actually getting caught and being accountable for that are zero to a minimal to zero yeah and and she was really talking about you know kind of what life is uh in south africa and the and the, and the whole thing of the fact that you know the, where we are pitching where where we are saying the functionality the very functionality of a government at the most basic level you know we find that it's 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 almost not there it's mm. It's mm-hmm. almost like the you know the, yes there are platitudes yes there are you know okay we're trying to put this 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 measure here we're trying to put this plaster here over this wound, um, but but as far as just fundamental issues that actually need to be tackled and building new cultures of, of of governance of accountability those things are simply you know not there at least not at a level that we ought to, absolutely. so so I, I I think I mean I, I must actually go ahead and read the the column you you speak of,
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, but just for the broad strokes I I would absolutely agree with that yeah.
1: Thanks, Anbisa. That was excellent. Lebohan, your final thoughts?
4: Yes, the budget was delivered within a context of maladministration of corrupt and no new ideas. And I agree absolutely that it follows on a sauna that did not inspire any confidence. It also uh, 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 basically uh, follows on the cases like that we had right now against the Guptas, where the state is seen to have been very weak in investigating one of the, I think, test cases around how are we dealing with corruption. But at the end of the day, and fundamentally, I want to know how do politicians sleep, go around with blue lights and everything, when they know that the majority of South Africans whom they have promised a better life Mm. are going to bed hungry. Mm. And I think right now, uh, especially as we lead to 2024, the reality and the truth we have is that the lives are on, but nobody is home. Mm-hmm. We are indeed on our own. And I do want to say, I think until the poor eat the rich, I have no sign that we've got a government that has the inclination, the know-how, the appetite. And anything to change this, we are going to clash and Absolutely. clash badly. Just
1: one correction, Lebochang. The candles are on mm-hmm. and no one is home. I don't know about the lights.
4: Oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, the candles are on. Absolutely, Eusebio. That's
1: a good one. Sam, you've got the final say. Uh, So much that has gone on in this conversation that I think is productive, even if the realities being described are not necessarily bright.
2: Yeah, South Africa has a, a political problem uh, first, and then the mm. economic problems are really uh, come uh, come out of the political problem. So the budget is a reflection of the uh, the political strategy at play. Uh, if we saw the sauna we had, and then the, the finance minister has to play around uh, within uh, that space. That's why yeah, uh, we are we, uh, we are it's done well in 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 that. A, a context and uh, he doesn't have a mandate outside of the mandate of his of his boss and on in his uh, political party. So we talk about things that can be done and should be done and the issue of local government. The national government is not a big brother uh, to uh, the, the local government sphere. I mean, local government is a sphere uh, or, or on its own and it's got a life of its own in its terrible uh, continuing collapse uh, everywhere you, you go. And uh, so to solve these problems, it's going to require. Uh, the, the public and uh, maybe uh, in, in a, in a, in not in a dramatic way, as uh, a label puts it. And uh, I like uh, a phrasing about uh, the people who don't have eating, those who would who, who do. But we still have an opportunity with a democracy and uh, electing, uh, and demanding better uh, representation, better leadership so that we can achieve uh, better things. But I still get the sense that the middle class is not feeling the pinch enough. Uh, to be able to to take the decisions uh, that are required. Only up the road in Zimbabwe, Mm -hmm. uh, people tolerated uh, things and things were going south. And South Africa is a completely different country to Zimbabwe. We're not going to go south fast enough uh, at at the Zimbabwe rate. We've got institutions, especially the financial infrastructure, Uh, the markets, uh, they delay. Uh, uh, us going down and they sort of block some uh, steps and uh, like having a fun run or Mm. two terrible uh, uh, political decisions. So we're going to have this difficult nightmare for probably a decade of going through uh, difficulties. Even if a political party were to change power next year, you're still going to have the problems because the problems are very deep They are in the Mm. political infrastructure. So we're going through a very, very difficult time. Sadly for growth, the absence of growth means that we're not going to be able to have uh, uh, the decisions that can be taken and should be taken cannot be uh, taken Absolutely. to ignite uh, uh, growth, further growth, create jobs, uh, fight uh, inequality. So they, it comes back to the issue of the credibility of the budget. I've been worried about this for for the past couple of years, that uh, the budget system uh, is losing uh, its shine and mm-hmm. you start wondering, And uh, another uh, economist. Mamkete Lijane, Mamkete says our decision makers are going as a you goal. Uh, you take a decision now we will worry about it in six months yep. and then next year you find the base income grant so we just uh, every time you get to a particular a, a stop along the way and then you take a decision then mm. so the budget system loses its, its shining
1: credibility in such a, a, a situation Sam thanks so much for coming on I love how you always integrate across the different silos because our political and economic lives are enmeshed Noabisa, thanks for your excellent leadership at the Sowetan, that continues to be one of the most important papers in the country, I must say, and I mean this, I mean, honestly, and I've said it on radio. Uh, when we used to prepare on the daily, when I did a daily show on radio, our starting point was always the Sowetan even before the other papers you know stable with apologies to my colleagues because it is the people's paper and it's a paper that will center an economic story on the front page the next day it can be a rape it can be gbv it really asks itself how are the people that Lebochang are concerned with affected by decisions in this country and that's why it's such a fantastic paper and then lastly but not least Lebochang. thank you, thank you.
0: Thank you.